Hello, and welcome to Decency with DeLorean, the show on which I instruct you how to be more like me, while simultaneously engaging in the highly indecent activity of speaking solely about myself. Well, my friends, something glorious happened, and as most feelings of greatness, it was followed up with a return to normal and the realization that normal is not that great. What is it, you ask? Well, my significant other went out of town for the first time since COVID. And let me explain this to you, that my significant other is retired, which means that there is always someone home and there is always someone with the energy to talk. And that can be exhausting if you are me and a uh, natural-born introvert, believe it or not, who talks for a living as a bartender. Talk, 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 talk. My shifts are now 10 hours long. I do four tens at the bar and I talk for 10 hours. Don't sit down, don't stop moving, bartenders don't get breaks, 10 hours moving and talking. And then my 1-8 at Starbucks, talk, talk, to talk, talk, talk. And then I also do a podcast where, well, the nature of the game is talking. And so outside of that, I like a lot of quiet before I was in a relationship, I would travel alone often and I would go days without speaking to anyone. And there is such a freedom in that because wherever you go, even if you're going camping in a national park, there are people that you could talk to. Um, but you have the option, right? You're not obligated to maintain a conversation. You you can engage if you want to, but you don't have to. And I really love that because for me, talking is draining. Talking is so draining. And um, my bar customers and my significant other don't believe this, but like I've never had a conversation with anyone at my Pilates studio. And I go there like five days a week for over a year now. And I've never talked to anyone. I just show up. I'm in quiet observational student mode. And because the thing is, like, most people seem to want to run their mouths all the time. And, like, I love to be in quiet observance of the world around me, particularly if I'm trying to learn something. And that is how you grow your mind is you shut the fuck up. And you listen to other people. Even if the people are fucking idiots, you know, sometimes you want to listen because it allows you to be able to understand the viewpoint of people who think differently than you. So, uh, for instance, when I'm at the Pilates studio, the teachers know more than me. Uh, One of my teachers has over 20 years of experience. So she is like, in my opinion, a Pilates master. And I want to absorb everything she has to say. And I get really annoyed when people in class try to like have chit chat. Like, shut the fuck up. We're learning. Um, 
so that's just how I live my life is I don't really talk a lot and it's why I love podcasts so much. Before podcasts came out, before there were smartphones to listen to podcasts on, I was a huge internet radio person and I subscribed to internet radio stations and so I would listen on my laptop around the house. Um, I would in the Napster days download uh, like radio shows from around the US and Canada like that weren't played locally Um, and I would listen to those on my computer or um, when I finally got uh, a first generation iPod. which I got much later because I bought it used from a coworker at a call center when I was like 18 or whatever. Um, anyways, so yeah, I would listen to radio show. Like I just like listening to people smarter than me. So like how long have podcasts been around? I've been podcasting, I think for like 11 years, 10, 11 years. And so they obviously have existed more than that. But then before that, so I think like my obsession with radio dates back 20 fucking years, which is like crazy to think about. Um, Because I like to listen. I like to listen more than I like to talk, I think. In conversation, it's and it's funny because I think that I'm better at talking than most people. And I hate to say it. And you know, probably why I'm so good at conversation is because I listen to other people talk and I have gained, um, I'm a better orator for it is what I'm saying. So (laughs) welcome to the Sydney's Ego podcast where Sydney got some muscles and now she thinks she's the greatest human being who's ever lived. Um, but anyways, uh, what is it? Oh, okay. So I don't, I'm great at conversation. I do it for a living. At home, I like quiet. And um, since I live with someone who does not work uh, and is not socially exhausted, when I get home and I am, there is a clash, right? Because I want to sit in the dark and I want to let my mind drift off to a out-of-body realm where I don't have a job. And uh, my significant other is like, oh my god, yay, a person that I can tell every movie I watched today to. So anyways, it's something. And it uh, causes tension. So he went out of town for the first time since COVID. And it was glorious because... I mean, most of what I did while he was gone was work and care for our dog who was sick and I thought was dying, but it turned out he had stress-induced colitis and he just needed to have boiled chicken and rice until his colitis calmed down. And, um, but he didn't like, I couldn't just make a bunch and prep it. He, he would only eat it if it was fresh chicken and rice. So then three times a day I was making boiled chicken and rice for Sir Francis. And, um, so yeah, I worked. I cooked for the dog and then I got my period. So, uh, you know, I spent some time just being stoned, catching up on uh, Insecure on HBO, which is such a great television show. Anyways, um, and so what a time, what a time to be alive. I, uh, I love it. I love being alone. If there's one thing I love, it's being alone. Uh, Better than that, I love being around 
someone who we can exist in the same space without talking. And I used to joke that my ideal first date would be reading separate books in the same room together. And maybe every so often we like catch each other looking up from the book and making eyes at each other and then go back to reading our book. Um, Because to me, that would be a great test uh, for what I consider an ideal partnership, which is being able to exist in the same space without constantly talking, 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 talking. My mom is a person who cannot have dead air and it therefore is insufferable to be around for long amounts of time because... I've traveled cross-country with Deborah, and uh, when I moved back from New York, she flew out to New York and drove back with me, and um, the thing about this great nation of ours is it there are lots of big, open, gorgeous spaces, and because I'm a quiet observer, when I'm driving, because I love road trips, I like to just have silence or some background music and just look out and take in the beauty. (coughs) Sorry, guys, that was so rude. I just burped. Uh, Take in the beauty that surrounds me. And my mom cannot do that. So I like, she would be like, oh my gosh, there's a cracker barrel. I bet the people who live in that town back there with no restaurants have to drive all the way over here to go to a cracker barrel. It's just like nonstop narrative. Like, ooh, a Ross. You know what I mean? Like, just like a child. It's like being on a child because children uh, are, are compelled to say everything they see out loud. And um, it's annoying. It's annoying. And so, um, you know, and my partner's kind of like that. Like, he doesn't like dead air or to be alone with his thoughts. So uh, there's a lot of talking going on. And I had a glorious time for five or six whole days where no one fucking talked to me. Unless it was at work, in which case I was getting paid, and I find that behavior to be acceptable. I even um, ignored a lot of text messages because fuck it. Fuck it. I ain't talking to no one. If you ain't paying me, I ain't talking. But if you want to Venmo me and comment on the uh, transaction in Venmo, then I find that acceptable. And that's my new joke is that I don't give men my phone number. I give them my Venmo because if they want to message me, it needs to be on a comment on a cash payment that they fucking sent me because I ain't giving it away for free. You want to talk to DeLorean? You got to pay. I'm just kidding. You guys can DM me because you know why? You know why? Well, first of all, if you're listening to this when it comes out, that means you're a Patreon subscriber, which means you do pay me. And second of all, if you're listening to this on the Decency with DeLorean main feed, it still means you're subscribed to my shit, which means you're my favorite person in the world because there's no, there's realistically no reason for anyone to be listening to this unless they like me because you're not, gar- it's not, it's not a teaching podcast. This is just me verbal diarrhea ranting podcast. And uh, so if you're listening, it means you actually like me and you like my diarrhea. Um, So anyways, my significant other is home now. And uh, we, I was working at the table today. I don't have a desk in the house. I'm the only person who works. I don't have a desk. But I work from the dining room table. Which means that he sat down next to me and was like sipping his coffee. Hold on. Let me give you a sound effect to go with this. You know what I mean? 
which is not, which is an innocuous thing. In a loud room, you can't hear people. You can't hear that. But when it's a quiet room because someone's trying to get work done, you do hear it. And then I hear chewing. And it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. And I think I'm triggered because, well, number one, I'm an asshole. I'm an asshole, and I find uh, I find chewing and drinking sounds. They 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 internally, I'm flying into a rage. Externally, I'm managing my emotions because I understand what's appropriate behavior and what's warranted and what isn't. And my emotional reaction to mouth sounds is unwarranted. But I have a condi- I have a condition known as misophonia, which means that certain sounds trigger this insane emotional reaction it's like let's say the proverbial nails on a chalkboard that's what chewing sounds are to me and it's a real thing they've it's been researched they see it on brain scans and um it just is what it is I don't like I said if it's a loud room and I can't hear people eating chewing it's fine but if it's quiet and I can hear those sounds they make me want to commit murder like it's and it's unnecessary, but it is how it is. It is how I'm wired. But also, my significant other eats a lot. And, um, like, that's his main hobby. That's his main hobby. Like, I tell people it's like living with a baby because all he does is eat and poop and talk about eating and pooping. And um, which is why when I do become a step-parent, I insist that my stepchildren be preferably be preferably I'm marrying someone so old that their children are older than me. Um, but <laughs> and then I can threaten to write those children out of the will if they don't call me mom. But like when I do become someone's revenge second wife, which let's be honest, that's what I was I was genetically engineered to be someone's hot second wife. It just is what it is. You know what I mean? I have no baggage. I have an insane body. And um, I'm really low key. So like when someone's dealt with, you know, someone who's been, you know, the typical wife, which is like someone who tells them what to do and yada, yada, yada. And then they get with me and I'm like, you do you, boo. If you don't want to clean up, just pay for a maid. I don't give a fuck. Um, You know what I mean? Like I'm just hot and I'm chill. I, you know what it is? It's I'm if Spicoli from Fast Times at Ridgemont High was a dime piece. That's what I am. I know my place. So, uh, when I, so yeah, when I do become a step parent, I will just insist that their kids are old enough that they aren't telling me about their poopoos. Um, so. So he's my significant other just is always eating and then showing me pictures of places he's going to eat, things that he's going to eat. He's and it's pathological. There's like ice cream coming in the mail. There's chocolates coming in the mail. And there's always like an explanation like, oh, but these are from Belgium. But this is a special edition. And it's like, I have to eat this because Crumble, if you guys haven't heard of Crumble cookies, it's like a cookie chain. Because Crumble released a new uh, maple waffle cookie. You know what I mean? There's always an excuse for the eating that goes on. And then he just like works out all the time um, to balance it out, which is in fact called exercise bulimia. And I like, like, let's just call it, call it what it is. It's, it's exercise bulimia and it's like, oh, okay, but I can eat this way because I'm not fat. Like he, he used to be fat. He lost 150 pounds. And so now he thinks as long as he maintains his weight, it's healthy. But like his relationship with food is not healthy. And 
it is in fact like triggering to me as someone in recovery from an eating disorder. Are we getting to the part of this where I'm actually being honest and not um, egotistical and cavalier? Okay, we're getting to the honest part. Like it's triggering for me to live with someone who has that relationship to food because I am in recovery. And in my opinion, he is active in his addiction, which he fails to acknowledge. And every time I try to have an open conversation about it, he denies it. And I think it's honestly because he's having a lot of fun. He's having a lot of fun with his addiction. It's fun for him. It's a game. And you know what? He ain't got shit else going on. So like when I was having it, when I had an eating disorder, it was a problem because it was affecting my job and relationships because I had other shit going on. I could, you know, so like the fact that I would have to spend three hours a day in the gym because I ate a baked potato, um, with nothing on it, just a dry potato. I ate a dry fucking potato and then I had to do three hours of cardio. That was a fucking problem for me because I had other shit going on. I had a job and I had school and I was in a band and I had a relationship. But um, for my significant other, I don't think that it presents that much of a problem because he ain't got shit else going on. So he gets to be, he gets to have an eating disorder and maybe I'm jealous. Maybe I'm jealous. I'm like, oh yeah, you have a lifestyle that permits you to uh, engage with your with your illness, um, but yeah, as someone in recovery, it's fucking it's fucking weird to live with someone who is active in their addiction, but also to have those things around those temptations because. Like, I don't keep those things in my house. I don't keep food. I don't keep carbs in my house. I don't whatever. And um, it's been better because I make him hide carbs from me, which then he's like, oh, why do you? This is ridiculous. But I'm like, if you're going to bring cereal or crackers or any of that shit in the house, that has to be hidden. Because otherwise, I'm going to fucking eat it all. You're going to be mad because I ate your shit. I'm going to be mad because I ate your shit. Like, just hide it from me. But it's just like, it's, it's. Oh, it's like being sober and living with a junkie. Like, it's a fucking problem, right? And I think that's why the chewing sounds, like, irritate me even more. Because it's just, like, it's, like, constant. I never am allowed to forget about food, which is, like, what I want to. Because, like, a normal relationship with food involves eating several times throughout the day, the nutrition which will get you through until the next time you eat and the nutrition that will like nourish your body, right? Like, so for me, I'm like, okay, I need to eat the protein to build the muscles because I'm working out, blah, 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 blah. Like, that's it. And then between those times, I don't want to fucking think about food. I'm not trying to fixate on Sonic's new tater tot nachos or like all these things that are like triggering in the world around us. Because like if you're on Instagram and you're seeing sweet desserts and then you want to eat those desserts or you see other people who are eating things. And then that's how we evolved our culture where like everyone just fucking eats fucking garbage all day long. We just put it in our fucking mouth hole because it's been normalized because we see it all around us. There's I would say there's fast food on every corner. There's four fucking fast food joints on every fucking corner if you live in like a city or a metropolitan area. There's fucking every fucking corner has a minimum of four fast food restaurants and you see everybody posting pictures in their meals. It's like, oh, look at this fucking milkshake that has all this bullshit. It's got like whipped cream and a piece of pie coming out of it. Those fucking crazy shakes that I don't know how the fuck you eat them. They're messy. It's ridiculous. But anyways... Society is sick 
And then it becomes normalized and you think like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to, this is normal. This is the food that people eat. And then you eat that food and you feel like fucking shit and you look like shit and you feel like shit and life becomes shit. And I'm not trying to be like that. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to eat my nutrition that like will get me through my workouts and my day and make me feel good and nourish my body and my soul and my mind. That's it. That's it. We on some next level shit. I'm not fucking around with your bullshit fucking diabetes food, America. Do you hear me? So I think that's why the chewing at home is like even more troublesome to me because it's just it's constant. And then I don't forget about food and then it just uh, whatever. So anyways, what was I going to talking about? I was just bitching. I was just been, I've been bitching about chewing sounds for 20 minutes and 46 seconds. Um, so anyways, my life was glorious for five days and now I'm back to what my normal existence is. That is a fucking problem. Um, and, oh, and so that's not even like the whole, I've been talking for 20 minutes. That's not even what this episode is supposed to be about. This episode is supposed to be about how I wish I was a Karen. And, um, because, okay, I'm not a complainer. We've established that. And, uh, we established it when I told the story about on sex, drugs, and spirituality. I think I told about how I went to get my back waxed because I have like blonde fuzzies and I'm insecure about it because there's no fucking end to my insecurity. Don't even get me started about the pedicure I got where the guy spoke English and told me I had dry toes. And I was like, oh, what am I supposed to do about that? And he's like, I don't know. I've never seen toes this dry. I don't know what to do about it. And I'm like, well, I put lotion on my feet. And then I'm like Googling my whole pedicure, like what caused it? Because my toes are like dry, like at the tips of some of them. And like they're kind of like calloused-y. Um, and I lotion them and whatever. But it is what it is, dude. I work on my fucking feet. And this whole thing makes it sound like I have gross feet. I have lovely feet. Many people have tried to suck on my toes. I don't like it. I tell them no. But like I have fine. My feet are fucking fine. They're fine and I maintain them. I get pedicures like every 10 days, okay? So my feet are fucking great. But this guy told me I had dry toes and it's like a whole fucking new situation. Um, so I go and I get my, my blonde fuzzies on my back wax. And this girl, like while she's doing it, I can feel that she doesn't do down the spine. Like she did the flanks, she did the sides, and then I've just got a stripe of hair down the middle. And I'm like, well, maybe she did it and I just didn't feel it. Like, why am I second guessing this? And then I look in the mirror when I'm getting dressed after she leaves and there's, yeah, sure enough, there's hair right down the center of my back. And like, now what am I going to do? You know what I mean? I'm going to wear tank tops and now it's even, if it had been all fuzzy, it's one thing, but then it's like, okay, you are totally bald, but you have a stripe of hair down the middle of your back. What the fuck is that? That's even weirder than having a hairy back at all. So rather than say something, cause I'm thinking, oh, well she fit, I was a walk-in, she fit me in between appointments, blah, blah, blah. I don't say anything. And you know, I tipped, you know, I fucking tipped. So I tipped on my bad service and I drove across the parking lot, literally 250 feet. And I paid a whole nother person. Like I walk into an Asian salon, which by the way, is this racist of me to say Asian women have their fucking shit together when it comes with beauty treatments. They just do. They just fucking do. They got their skincare on. They know hair, skin, nails. They know what they're fucking doing. And I think at this point, maybe I'm done getting services by white women because like they don't know what the fuck they're doing and they don't give a fuck. They do not give a fuck. So I go to the Asian salon 
And I'm like, hey, uh, I just got a back wax. They missed a spot down the middle. And I was too embarrassed to ask them to fix it. Can you just wax the middle of my back? And they did. And they charged me like half what a back, wa back wax would cost. And they did a great job. Um, but like the fact that I, pay I went to two places and paid twice because I was incapable of telling the first place, hey, you fucking did this wrong. Can you please fix this? Like I, can't, I couldn't bring myself to do it. That's so ridiculous. Or a couple weeks before that, my normal pedicure guy was busy. So I went to a different salon and had a different person give me a pedicure. And it was the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Like, first of all, for those who have never gotten a pedicure, which I don't know why, fucking do it. You sit in a massage chair. People rub your feet. It's amazing. This broad, they, so, okay. In case you've never had a pedicure, they use a cheese grater to scrape the bottom, like to sand off the calluses on your heels. Well, this fucking broad was just like not even looking and she rubbed it on the side of my feet. And okay, right before, right below your ankle, I have like another bone that sticks out that I've had bone surgery for. I have a bone deformity in my feet. Again, I'm making my feet sound terrible. They're not. My feet are totally fine. But like... Where you're supposed to have two bones in your feet, I have one. It's totally fused. It sticks out on the side. It's a bone deformity. It affected my figure skating career. I had surgery on it. It grew back. It's a whole thing. But it gets blisters from skate boots. And you know I be skating. So <laughs> I had a blister on it. And this fucking lady hit the side of my foot and ripped my blister open with a cheese grater. And like... Granted, I could have told her before the pedicure I had a blister there, but I assumed she could use her fucking eyeballs because it was huge. And also, why are you hitting the side of my foot with where my ankle is with the cheese crater that's supposed to go on my heels? Like, this, none of this makes any sense. Anyways, it hurt so fucking bad. And then when she did the pedicure, she didn't, like, sand any of my dry skin and she painted as much of my skin as she did my nails. Like, it looked horrific the whole time I'm watching this happen. And she didn't massage my feet. And you know that my normal foot guy, who I call my foot boyfriend, he massages my feet. And that means more to me than anything because, as I said, I work on my feet. My dogs be barking. People say the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. I feel like the way to a woman's heart is through her feet. If you can give a good foot massage, a woman will let probably let you do anything sexually to her that you want. I don't know. I'm not sure, but I feel like if you if your foot massage game is on point, you might be able to get whatever pussy you want. I'm sorry if you can hear my fucking dog scratching at the door to the studio when I'm trying to record. It's so rude. It's so rude. So... Anyways, then the lady, she finishes the pedicure and she's like, you like? And I look down on my toes and it's horrific. Like I've just been, I've had blisters ripped open and now it looks like shit. And I go, oh yeah, it looks good. And you know I fucking tipped. And you know I fucking tipped. And you know I went home and had to take off all the polish and do my pedicure myself. So I wasted an hour of my fucking time and like 40 of my fucking dollars to basically go home and do my nails myself. It's a fucking problem. But I don't, I don't complain. It's just not what I thought. Okay, I I get free drinks every day at Starbucks because I'm a partner. But I don't go to my store. I'll go to whatever store is closest to where I'm at. And I've had them make my drinks wrong. And rather than have them remake it, I will go to another location and order another one. And maybe it would be different if I was paying for it. But because it's free, I particularly don't feel like complaining and I think I just have this like overwhelming working class solidarity where I go oh everyone's trying their best they didn't mean to do a bad job 
But, uh, you know, I should stand up for myself more. Um, I just don't. I just don't. And it's why a lot of people like me, I think, is they see me as, like, drama-free because I don't really call people out on their shit. Because it's, like, for me, sometimes it's, like, especially in work scenarios, I'm, like, okay, I could ask someone to do their job correctly or I could just do it for them. And for some reason, it's better, it's easier for me to just do extra work than to do the emotional work on myself to be able to say, hey, can you fucking do your shit? Um, but okay. So the whole reason why I was thinking about how I wish I was a Karen is because I have these neighbors who they have these two little girls. They're real cute. They're out of their fucking minds. Like Zach went over to borrow a wrench one day and one of them was literally chewing on the door frame. These girls are fucking out of their, they're wild and, uh, or they're weird, but, uh, it makes me appreciate them more. Plus one of them has like, uh, the Barbie Jeep power wheels and I'm so jealous, but usually like they'll say something like I hear them talking about me when I leave the house. Cause like I either have a cute dog or I have cute hair, whatever. These girls like me, but the other, but they're okay. Their parents is the other part of the backstory. Their parents have a, a literal berm of garbage that's, like, between our houses. Like, it builds up every week. And when I say a berm of garbage, I mean a berm. Like, you could fucking climb up and put a flag on this hill and claim it as a, a sovereign territory, this fucking berm of garbage. And then it gets picked up and it builds back up. I don't know where the fuck all this garbage is. Like, sometimes there'll be, like, rolls of carpet. And I'm like, oh, okay, they're remodeling. That makes sense. But a lot of times it's just, like, boxes, like, toy boxes and shit. I don't know what it's like to have kids, but I've never seen a house produce this much garbage. And this berm of garbage, of loose garbage, because it's not like bagged. It's just like stacked outside their house between their property and ours. Like garbage blows into our yard. And it's annoying. I need to get one of those claw picker upper things to like clean my yard every day because it's just full of fucking trash from these garbage people, like actual garbage people. They are garbage. They just, I don't understand. So anyways, these little girls are playing a game the other day, apparently where like they're, you know, we used to play the floor is lava when I was a kid, but these girls are playing hide from Karens. It's like, oh, there's Karens around. We must hide from Karens. So I go to take my trash out, which fits in my trash cans because I don't produce just reams of garbage every week. I take my trash out to put it in my trash can and I hear the little girls go, ah, a Karen, hide, it's a Karen. And I understand it's all a game. It's all a game, but I was so tempted to be like, if you, I wish I was a fucking Karen. You know how you know I'm not a Karen? Because if I was a Karen, I would have confronted your parents on this fucking berm of garbage between our property. If I was a real Karen, I would have called the city on this shit. And I've left this fucking garbage pile alone for the two years I've lived here, which means that I am not a fucking Karen. I am not. I wish I was. I wish I was because my there wouldn't be fucking Fritos wrappers in my yard. Just like fucking loose paper towels. Because you just... I Like, what? Why is there like a wadded up paper towel just blowing into my yard from your parents' garbage pile? Put in a fucking trash bag and then have the garbage people pick it up. And if you're remodeling, rent a dumpster. Do you know how much a dumpster costs to rent for a weekend? $150 because it's subsidized by the city. Just rent a dumpster, get all your shit in it at once, 
and then don't have a berm of garbage on the side of your property. Like an actual berm of garbage. It's, you know, the version of that like trash island that's floating in the Pacific. This is Glendale's version of it is that there is a fucking anyways. But because I've said nothing about it, you know that I'm not a Karen. And I wish I was. I wish I was. I wish I had the ability to call people out on their shit. But I'm so afraid of conflict. And here's the flip side is that lately at my work, because like we during COVID, we were closing at 10 and then 11 and whatever. And then the owner was like, we're going to close at one every night because I just don't want the drama, you know, the real late night crowd. I want it going up. And then he looked at the end of the night sales and that all went out the window like fuck my staff. They can deal with the drama. We're going to be open that extra hour because it'll get us 400 more dollars in sales or whatever. It's not even that much. It's like 300 more dollars in sales. Um, but it's so anyway, so we're open till 2 a.m. on weekends now and people are coming out to party. They're making it for lost time. A bunch of fucking retard little kids have turned 21 and they're ready to be a pain in my ass. And so lately I've had to cut a lot of people off and you know what people don't like is being cut off. And like, I am real nice about it. I'm like, you know what? I think you're done. Like for tonight, I can close out your tab. You know, you're welcome back to come back another time. But for tonight you are done. And then they're like, fuck you. You're not getting a fucking tip for me. And then, um, you know, or they want to insult my hair, which is fucking awesome. Like don't fucking come for my looks. The worst thing about me is that I'm 36, but like, you know, and that comes with its own thing. You know what I mean? Like my my skin's a little bit thinner than I would like because I am 36 years old. But other than that, there ain't nothing wrong with my looks. I got great hair. I got a great body. Fuck off. And well, hold on. I'll get to that. So anyways, I'm having people fight with me and then I have to be like, fuck you. Get the fuck out of here because of your reaction to this. You're not welcome back. Don't bother coming back here. And then they have to tell me that I'm being racist and they're going to call the cops on me for being racist to which I say, and this has happened like literally four times in the past two months that someone's threatened to call the cops on me for being racist. I'm like, if you think I'm fucking racist, wait until you meet the cops. Like, don't you watch the fucking news? I don't think the c- police are the ones to report race-related crimes to because they don't have your back, brown person. I'm sorry. I watch the news. That You know who I, w- if I was a brown person, you know who I wouldn't be calling to report racism to is the fucking police. There are other social justice organizations with lawyers to report racism to. I wouldn't call the police. Police, can you please come down to, uh, there's, there's an instance of racism. And then the police are like, yeah, we like that. That's like pretty much 50% of how we investigate crimes as we go. Are they black? Guilty. You know what I mean? So anyways, um, and now it's happened so often that I'm like, am I racist? Uh, I don't think so, but enough people are screaming at me while threatening to call the cops that I, am I? I Um, (laughs) that's when I, this is when I get canceled. It's like, if I were Joe Rogan, like the way headlines work about him is they'll be like, like if Joe Rogan had, had had that conversation, it would be like, Joe Rogan admits to racism. Um, so anyway, uh, so yeah, so now I'm having like once a week, I'm having like the confrontations with people where I do have to stand up for myself and be, you know, and I feel 
fucking terrible afterwards. I feel awful. I feel embarrassed. I feel embarrassed because I lost my temper. Temper. I lost my cool. I rose. I raised my voice. Like I feel terrible about that, and that makes me think because like. I, um, I know some people go through their life like that and some people go through their relationships like that where it's just like screaming and yelling and this like confrontation. I'm like, how do you lose your cool every single day and you'd still like yourself? Because it seems like I would strongly dislike myself if that's how I was living my life. Um, also if I, like, I don't like yelling at piece of shit strangers who've been verbally abusive to me. If I feel guilty yelling at them, I, like, how the fuck do you treat your spouse like that? That you allegedly love that's like the co-parent to your children and you're just treating them like fucking shit. What the fuck are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? Why do people shit on the ones closest to them? Don't like, it just feels really yucky to me. Feels really yucky because I, cl- I can't... I, I can't tolerate confronting strangers, let alone someone that I allegedly love and care about. Um, so don't even ask me how I get walked over in relationships. Uh, so, yeah. So, like, I wish I was a fucking Karen because, like, they don't have the guilt that I have about things. Like, if I get a, if I go to Subway and they start to, like, bring a knife covered in tuna fish towards my s- sandwich and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, can you grab a different knife? I feel fucking guilty about that, which is a product that I'm paying for. Like, it's a reasonable request to not want tuna on my veggie sandwich, and yet I feel horribly... Like, I feel awful because, like, I've literally bought sandwiches where they've taken a, a knife that was used on a turkey sub it's or on a tuna fish sub. It's covered in tuna fish. And then they use it to press the ingredients down on my sandwich before closing the bun. I've paid for that sandwich and walked outside and thrown it away. Like, that's happened because I couldn't say, can you remake my sandwich? You just got tuna fish on it. Like, What? What is this pathological aversion to standing up for myself? Because I just see it as such a, and you know what it is? It's like, it would be different if they got paid real money. I don't like inconveniencing working class people. That's why it bothers me when people try to argue the mask mandate with me when I'm working at Starbucks, which we no longer have or are enforcing. Like staff has to wear masks, but customers don't. Um, but like when people try to like be like, why isn't your dining room open or why do I have to wear a mask or whatever? I'm like, I don't fucking know. I make 1333 an hour. Like, don't ask me shit. I'm not in charge of shit. Our corporate offices are not even anywhere nearby. So I can't even direct you to someone to talk to. Um, like, but don't fucking take your politics out on me. I'm just following the rules for 1333 an hour. Um, and, uh, yeah, like just, so I think that's my thing is if people at Subway made $25 an hour, I might be more inclined to be like, Hey, can I get a clean knife? But I, whatever they make, it ain't enough. And I just feel like, Oh, I can't inconvenience them. I'll just pay money for this thing. And like, like I'm a fucking millionaire. Like I have money to be buying because $5, footlongs aren't $5 anymore. In case you were wondering, they're like seven fifty. So I like, I have $7 and 50 cents to throw in the fucking trash, but I'll do it. I'll do it because I can't, I can't confront someone. It's so ridiculous. So 
Yeah, I wish I, and you know what, you know why else I wish I was a Karen? I wish I had the confidence to go out in public with a haircut that is unflattering and still think people should listen to me because that is not true. Like, I'm sorry, before you try to come for anyone, why don't you get a fucking haircut that looks good on you? How about that? Um, and that's, that's where I am judgmental. See, I'm not racist, but I am shallow. And so I'm like, well, you know, you better wear a shirt that doesn't have stains on it before you try to talk shit to me, ma'am. You know what I mean? Like, and that is how I am. Like, don't be 21 years old trying to bitch me out about some shit when your whole life, body, face, hair, and finances are a fucking mess. And you want to tell me I'm a fucking cunt because I cut you off because you've had so many Hennessy and pineapples that you're swerving all over the place that you can't stand up straight. Get the fuck out of here. Why don't you have a protein shake and a workout, you dumb fuck? Um... Yeah. See, I am hateful. So I am hateful in that regard. Oh, I know what I was going to talk about earlier about people trying to come for me at work is that, uh, as we know, I've had a bit of a glow up and I was okay looking before. Like, let's not lie. Like the looks were fine. The looks were fine, but I've dropped 25 pounds and I started getting Botox again and, um, I'm healthy Like, everyone's like, yeah, it's the health that makes you look better. I'm like, because people are like, what happened? You look really good. And I'm like, I'm skinnier. Like, I'm skinnier. That's it. That's, I'm skinnier. But also, yeah, I am healthier and happier. Whatever. And it all serves to make one look good. So the better looking I get, let me tell you this. Men are nicer and more respectful to me. And it is what it is. And even being a moderately attractive white lady, like blonde white lady before, to now being a highly attractive blonde white lady, like men treat me better. And, um, but women treat me worse. It it goes either way. Either women treat me fine because they're fucking cool and evolved and they know we're not competition. Like, because we we aren't, we shouldn't be each other's competition. Like, we just aren't. And also, for the most part, like, because of my very particular taste, like, we're not competing for men. Like, especially if you're my own age, like, you want men our age, I, I want someone over 55. So, like, it's not, we're not competition. We're not competing for the same uh, pool of men and women are not each other's competitions. Like even in dating, like no one's, you're not competing. Like either, either someone likes you, it clicks, it works or it doesn't. That's it. That's it. It's not, we're not trying to win. I, I won't compete for a man to be honest with you because like number one, I think I'm awesome. And so whoever's meant to be with me, it's no competition. Uh, and second of all, like, yeah, I just don't believe in it. Like whatever. But so either women are totally cool with me and they're like, yeah, you look great, blah, blah, blah. Um, Or they treat me like fucking shit because they assume because I look the way I look that my life is without problems, which really bothered me when I was super sick. When people would be like, yeah, well, you've got it so good. You've got it so good. I'm like, uh. I have three college degrees and I'm a bartender and um, I throw up all the time because I have uh, endo on my bowel. But sure, sure, my life is great. Um, But even now, like people act like, oh, well, you know, you you must have like like everything's so fucking easy for me because I like because I look the way I look, which looking the way I look is not fucking easy. Do you get it? 
Do you get it? People assume because someone is pretty that life is easy for them. And they don't understand that like the act of being pretty is in and of itself work. Because there's meal prepping and planning and they're saying no to everything delicious and there's working out and like, okay, this is what goes into being a pretty woman, getting your hair done, which is like $200 a month, uh, getting your nails done, let's say another $100 a month, um, makeup, skincare, creams, if you're over the age of 25, Botox, uh, chemical peels, um, waxing, laser hair removal, shaving. I mean, it's something every single day. Like I, I dye my eyebrows. I wax my eyebrows. I do my nails. I get pedicures. I get laser hair removal. I have things waxed, staxed. I, you got to wear self tanner. It's a whole, it is so much fucking work and, um, and money, which is why we get free meals. It's why dudes buy us dinner. It's not like, oh, you're pretty. Like dudes buy you things. Guess what? I, they should. Because in order to look the way that I look, in order to even look acceptable, not even be like hot or pretty, but in order to look acceptable as a woman, especially past the age of 30, we're, we're looking at $300 a month to be acceptable. Over $500 to be hot. That It's just what it costs to be an attractive woman. So guess what? You're buying my salad. You know what I mean? I'm not asking you to buy me a bunch of $15 martinis. I don't drink, but you're buying a salad for me. It's how, it's what's going on because I spend all my time and money looking the way I look. So like, first of all, just because someone looks good doesn't mean that their life is without consequence. Maybe they're, tr they're hyper-focused on their looks because they were raised in an abusive household and trained that attractiveness is the only quality that matters in a female. Or maybe they're overcompensating with looks so that people focus on the exterior because they're scared that who they are on the inside isn't a bad, ugly person and they don't want people to be able to see that. So they build up this facade of glamour, which is a fucking thing which is an actual thing that people do. They call it makeup because it's to make up for your other shortcomings. I went to work without makeup on yesterday because at Starbucks, my makeup always gets fucked anyways. It's all steamy and whatever. And why am I doing a full beat of makeup to be at work at 530 in the morning? But like it felt very, very vulnerable because I don't need people to see me for who I really am. I, you know what I mean? It's war paint, bitch. <laughs> Life is rough. We put on war paint. So like, there are a lot of reasons why like people are pretty because, you know, they're an artist, they're into aesthetics because they're trying to seduce a man because they just like, it is what it is. Or they're trying to compensate for their other perceived shortcomings. Um, which I think is probably the number one reason is because like women are insecure about all sorts of things. I've talked at length about how I'm insecure that I might have an ugly butthole because I've had three butthole surgeries and there's actual scars on my asshole. Like the fact that I even have like the knowledge to be insecure about my fucking scarred up asshole or my dry toes or my small eyes with fat pupils, or whatever it is, like, or the peach fuzz on my back, like, 
there's no end to what we as women can be insecure about. Um, Meanwhile, a guy with a four inch dick will be like, wait, what? My dick's small? I didn't know. Uh, but like, so there's a lot of reasons why we focus on our looks and a lot of it is to compensate for our perceived shortcomings because guess what? Like all I ever wanted in life was a career and, um, so far haven't gotten it yet unless we count bartending a career in something I have zero emotional attachment to, uh, but I'm very good at, (laughs) um, but all I ever wanted was a career. It didn't happen. And so for me, it's like all these friends who've kind of like, and I do things out of spite. Like I have like friends who are kind of now more like I consider frenemies. And it's like, they think they're all that because they have like a job and a 401k. Um, Bitch, I have one too. It's through Starbucks. (laughs) Um... But like, I'm like, well, you know what? Yeah, you have a career and you own a house and you have a car that doesn't have the engine light on. But you know what I have? I have fucking abs for days and your body's a sloppy mess. So no matter like I so I have all these like insecurities about how my career never took off and etc. But you know what? I look great in a bikini. So I am able to look good in the social media like metrics. I've never filtered filtered a photograph of myself ever because I don't number one I think that's pathological the idea that you would sit and filter a photograph of yourself like that can't be right it can't be mentally healthy that then you're you're tweaking your own face to make it look the way that you think it should it's weird um but uh but yeah so it's like okay I don't have the things that a normal like in normal society respects in terms of success I don't have a house or career, or marriage, or children, or any of those things. But thank God for Instagram, where the indicator of success is, are you hot? Are you hot? Because I'm hot. And um, so, like, that's where my obsession with looks comes from, is, like, I'm a visual artist, so number one, I like aesthetics, um, and I've always, like, dressed and styled for me, not for other people. I don't give a fuck. I had a mullet for, like, a decade, like, a power hair metal mullet because I fucking loved it. And I think I kind of could have probably done better in the dating department had I done something different with my hair. But I loved the mullet, so I let it happen. Um, but, like, yeah, so I'm, I'm a visual artist. I love aesthetics. They're important to me. And also I have perceived shortcomings that I'm making up for um, professionally and whatever. You know what I mean? Also, I want someone to buy me an 87 Lambo. And you have to be really, really hot to get someone to buy you a car that costs more than a master's degree. So it is what it is. It is what it is. And, um, but yeah, these people who are treating me like shit and I feel like such a fucking, I feel like Regina George, I'm such a mean girl for saying this, but like a lot of the people who have exploded on me recently have been, I have been females who are not as attractive as me and they're exploding on me because I am in a, um, because I'm, I'm, I'm the worker, right? And so 
they're dissatisfied because I'm hotter than them. And so they are in the position to lash out on me because I am in the like lower position of power in the situation perceived, perceived because I am the servant. I am the help. That is my career. I am professionally the help. And so then it gives these fucking dumpy broads an opportunity to take an emotional dump on me and lash out on me because they've got spare tires. And I'm like, the fact that you have a fucking FOPA is not my fucking problem. That's between you and carbohydrates. You know what I mean? The fact that you can't get an even shave on your twat because you don't know what the fuck is going on down there. That's not my problem, boo-boo. That is between you, carbohydrates, and the El Gymnasio. Like, get it to fucking gather. It's not my problem. And you think that, okay, you want to make sure that I know that I'm not better than you because you want to rub it in that I'm working class. This is America. Everyone's fucking working class these days. I'm sorry. We are all slaves to the capitalist system and to our college, our student loan debt. That is what we are. We are fucking indentured servants to the debt that we acquired with the intention of upward social mobility. We had intentions. We took out loans. It didn't happen. And so now we are all just working to pay that debt. That is what we are doing. We have a service-based economy. So just because I'm on the clock as a serf doesn't mean that you can shit on me like you ain't too. Because you work the front desk at Avis Rent-A-Car. You know what I mean? You answer to assholes for a living too. You're just not on the clock right now. So don't take a shit on me like you're better than me. We are all working class. Where's your fucking solidarity, bitch? But they want to put me in my place just to make sure that because I'm hot, I haven't gotten too big for my britches. And the thing is that I have. I fucking have because I'm a businesswoman. I'm a businesswoman with a hot body. So don't come for me just because I'm on the clock. Anyways, these are all me kind of like lashing out because I feel like I've been shit on a lot lately. And I feel like I... All of my waking hours, except for the times that I am alone, I am under someone else's thumb and I'm tiptoeing around to protect someone else's emotional well-being and balance. And it is exhausting. But I don't care in because I don't want to be an asshole. And I would, I would rather, I would rather humbly skulk away from a situation than walk away feeling like I was an asshole. Because, like, listen, everyone's goal should be to not be an asshole. Be nice to others and be nice to yourself. Like I spend most of my time being nice to myself. And by that, I mean, you know, taking care of my body, taking care of my home, taking care of my car, my finances. You know what I mean? Like taking care of making sure my life is buttoned up. And, um, and secondarily, I make sure that I'm not an asshole to others. And, uh, then when people are an asshole to me, I get real mad because I'm like (sighs) whispers of honesty, whispers of honesty in this episode. Um, I'm like not an asshole to anyone. And I go out of my way to make, to like, to cater to other people's comfort, 
if that makes sense. I'm a human safe space. People can tell me things without judgment. They can be who they are around me without judgment. And I will like love and appreciate them for who they are, even if in other avenues of their life, people don't treat them that way. And like at work, I get like, I get like 40% tips and that's not to brag either. It's just to say that like I take care of people. Like I'm good to people. I'm kind to people. I'm sweet to people. I remember things about their life. I ask about their life. I make sure they're happy with like not just their food and drink, but their service, their experience. Like I really dude I take like some of my customers I take their mending home and I'll like fix their clothes for free like I you know I find out what their favorite coffee is because I get free coffee through work and I bring them you know bags of coffee beans and stuff like I take care of my people and I have so many conversations a day that like are weird and uncomfortable and it feels like therapy because I'm just catering to someone's emotions you know what I mean And I'm making sure that they have a happy place. And that happy place is at my bar. Um, And so when I put in that level of emotional labor and I go above and beyond so much and then I still get shit on, it bothers me. In the same way, you know, like if I'm I'm nice to my romantic partner and I'm really catering to them and then I still get told that I'm mean or whatever, like it's a problem for me because like it really challenges like, okay, well, I put in all this work to be kind and it's still not seen as kind. So why am I even bothering? And the answer is like, you can't, you're, if you're nice to a hundred percent of people, 1% are still going to have complaints. And it's just the numbers that I interact with so many human beings that there will be ugly exchanges and that I need to accept that, that statistically, that's just what it, it is, what it, it is, what it is. Um, but don't love it. And, um, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I've been talking for an hour. Sorry, guys. Oh my God. Sorry. This is like, this is like 50% me whining and 50% me like just fucking flaming my ego. Um, but, uh, I guess I'll let you go. And, um... Have a great day. Bye.